Go with me to 1 Peter chapter 3 this morning. This is a special day, back to school Sunday, and I just want to thank everybody for coming and being a part of this today. These are significant things. This is not something we're just going to do out of habit or tradition. This is significant. Uh, this is a special time uh, on the calendar in the life of this church because of what we believe we're accomplishing today. And, you know, as we get ready to start this school year, it matters what you do at the beginning. It matters how you start. I've always said this, and maybe you've heard me say it, but if you don't spend time preparing, you will spend time repairing. What do I mean by that? If you don't take time in the beginning, and when I say the beginning, I really mean before you get started, whether it's a school year like this, whether it's a new job, whether it's a move or a project you're getting ready to jump into as a, as a family, if you don't spend time before you get started, really seeking the Lord, like what Jesus said, counting up the cost. If you get in a hurry and you think, man, I don't have time to wait anymore. We got to just get going. Listen, you will either spend the time preparing or you're going to spend the time repairing. What does repairing mean? When stuff starts going wrong because you didn't think that much through or you didn't pray that through, you got to back up, start again, do it over, change the way you did it. Whenever I think about that, I think about me putting together Ikea furniture. There is, without fail, at least two or three startovers for me. Please tell me I'm not alone in this. Man, I get going into it and I realize, gosh, I, I, I should, should have thought this through a little better in the beginning. Well, before school gets going, today is part of that preparation. This is significant. And again, thank you for being a part of it. First Peter chapter 3. I want to start in verse 8. First Peter chapter 3, verse 8 says, finally. Now that's a good sign. When the sermon starts with the word finally, that's a good sign. Finally, he said, all of you be of one mind, having compassion for one another, love as brothers, be tenderhearted, be courteous. Verse 9, not returning evil for evil, or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, blessing. Somebody say blessing. blessing. Knowing that you were called to this, that you may inherit a blessing. One of the things we want children and adults alike finding out in their time here at Legacy Church is what they're called to. One of the greatest things you'll ever find out from God is what he's called you to be, what he's created you to do, and then give the rest of your life to that. We want people to know you don't have to spend decades fumbling around in the dark. You don't have to try this only to see it fail and try that only to see it fail and then stumble across what you think might be your purpose for living. Man, listen, you can find out at an early age who God's called you to be, what God's called and equipped and anointed and graced you to do. And we want our children finding that out. We want our grown-ups finding that out, our teenagers, our college students, and everybody in between, knowing who and what they're called to be. But understanding that always begins with scriptures like this one from the word of God that say, you are called to this. What am I called to do? Start with scriptures that say, this is what you're called to do. Start there. 
that's where it begins. You start by familiar, familiar, um, help me Lord Jesus, getting used to the voice of God as he speaks through his word. And as you come to know that it's the same voice on the inside of you speaking by his spirit. And when you know through the voice of his word, you're called to this, you're created for this. Then the very next thing is what the spirit of God can say to you, whether it's about your job or, or who you're supposed to spend your life with and your friendships and relationships. It's the same voice. Come on. Somebody say it. It's the same voice. It's the same voice. And what did he say? Your calling is here. We are called to bless. That's your calling. It's a huge part of what we're put on this planet to do and to be. It's to be a blessing to people. And did you notice he said here, be tenderhearted, be courteous, not returning evil for evil or reviling for reviling. Not a word we use very much. The New Living Translation says it like this. Don't repay evil for evil. Don't retaliate with insults when people insult you. Instead, pay them back with a blessing. Now that ain't normal. The way the rest of this world lives, you want to know how it is? Well, they started it. That's how everybody lives. That starts on a playground when you're about five, six, five or six years old. And because somebody said something, somebody did something to you that you didn't like, you felt at complete liberty to retaliate. Why? Because they started it. They started it. They started it. And that carries all the way through elementary. That goes up into junior high and high school. You know, you still got high school students thinking that way. That I'm, I am totally justified in what I'm saying to you, about you, running you down. Why? Because you started it. Guess what? We got grown-ups still saying they started it. And that excuse is not going to fly with God. It's never going to work with him when you say, well, God, they started it. He's never going to say, oh, they did? My bad. That's fine. Go ahead. No. He said, yeah, you can pay them back. But he said, pay them back with a blessing. Because that's what you're called to. That's what you're called to be. That's what you're called to do is to be and to do a blessing to people. He said, pay them back with a blessing. Now, I want you to notice this in the very next verse. Four, he said in verse 10. Let's get this up here. Verse, verse 10. I, I want you to look at it, first of all, in the New King James. He said, for... He who would love life, or you could say it like this, whoever wants to love life and see good days. This is the verse that came to me early yesterday morning. I, I had another thought in my mind, the time that we would spend together on back to school Sunday. But as soon as I sat down early yesterday morning to start seeking the Lord about this, this verse and these words right here came to my heart so strong. He who would love life and see what kind of days? Good days. Man, when I read that and I understand and I see here that the Bible is saying, do you want to love your life? The Bible's asking me this. Jeremy, do you want to love your life? Do you want to see good days? You know what my response is and what our response should be? Sign me up. I said, sign me up for what? A good life full of good days. When you think about your life, 
You think about how a whole lifetime is made up of many, many, many years, decade after decade after decade. And let's say you, you come towards the, the winter season of that life, towards the end of it, you're at a, at a good old, 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 old age, fully satisfied. And you, you get to the end and you say, I have loved this life. Well, what made your life something that you loved? Well, think about it like this. What is a year? Seems like a long time, but a year is just, you know, 12 months. And what is a month? It's four or five weeks. And what is a week? It's seven days. So a life that you loved is really nothing more than a good day after a good day after a good day. And then another good day and another good day and another good day. And I get a little... I don't know what the word is, maybe confused sometimes when I hear even preachers say, well, now listen, God never promised you happiness. God never promised you a good life. Are we reading scripture? What did Jesus say? I came that you'd have life and have it how? More abundantly. The Amplified says, I came that you'd have life and, and enjoy it to the full till it overflows. I have decided, Sarah and I both, at the beginning of this school year, as parents, that our faith is set, that this 2022-23 school year is going to be better than ever. Amen. Is that the word the Lord gave us early this year? That's what he's doing in us. He's perfecting, establishing, strengthening, and settling us, bringing us into the best shape of our lives. And as he does that, as he's at work in us, our lives are better than they've ever been. Glory to God. Well, I'm, I'm determining that. I'm setting my faith for that in this school year. That for the, what, next nine months or however long this year is, it's going to be one good day after another, after another, after another. That doesn't mean we don't have challenges. You know that. I know that. But the Bible promises us good days. But I said that to you on purpose. I'm setting my faith for that. As Justice and Jesse's daddy and the head of this house, Sarah and I are setting our faith for it because it's not automatic. A life that you love and good day after good day, it's not automatic. And you probably knew that without me telling you. It has to be something that you approach by faith. That, like I said, you set your faith for that. But for faith to work, somebody tell me, how does faith come? By hearing. In other words, you're going to have to, if it comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, you're going to have to have a word to set your faith on. And that's what we're doing right here with this scripture. For this verse, for this school year, this verse, he has promised us a life we love and to see good days. Come on, help me out. What kind of days? Good days. Good days. But it's not just a matter of, okay, I see it in your word. Thanks. I, I, I believe that. What else do you know about faith? You know this. Faith without works or corresponding action is dead. It's lifeless. There's, there's no life or energy in it. So what you're going to see over the next couple of minutes is that this verse right here tells you 
how to set your faith for a good life and good days, a life that you love, and the corresponding actions. If the Bible were to say to you, if you will put these things into practice, you will love your life and you will see good days. Would you do it? See, like half of you would. Come on, we gotta, we gotta wake up a bit, church. Now, if you don't wanna love life and you don't care what kind of days you see, fine. But we are called to be a blessing. We are called to not just bump through life or just to subsist or try to exist. We are called to love this life. To not just see any old days or bad days or depressing days, but good days. Shout it out, good days. Good days. What kind of days are right ahead of you? Good days. If you will believe God for it and put some practice and some action to your faith. So let me ask you again. If the Bible, Lord help us. If the Bible were to say to you, put these things into practice and you will love your life and you will see good days. Would you do it? Yes. Thank you. Sheesh. So what is the corresponding action to our faith? Verse 10 again. For he who would love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Other translations say his lips from telling lies. Verse verse 11, let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. I want my children, your children, to live every day of this school year with the awareness that the eyes of the Lord are on them. That he's keeping a watchful eye on them. Amen? That his face is towards them. And it's the awareness of that and a revelation of it that causes you to love this life. And see, not just one or two good days, but good day after good day after good day. When Justice and Jesse were really little, it was my job in the morning. After they got up and got ready and we got them out the door, I drove them to school. And every day on the way to school, we'd sing songs. And uh, we actually, I forget how many years ago this was, but we started making up our own song. Our own on the way to school song. And uh, just a little verse, we would say, it's going to be a good day, great day, best day ever. If the sun shines or in rainy weather, because I got you, got me, and we got each other forever and ever and ever. But I started getting that on the inside of them. It's going to be a good day, great day, best day ever. Would you say it with me? It's going to be a good day, great day, best day ever. And then when I would pick them up from school, they'd get in the car and I'd say, all right, guys, what was it? Was it a good day? Was it a great day? Or was it the best day ever? And you know, when those are your three options, you don't do a lot of complaining because at the very worst, it was a good day. Would you say it again? It's going to be a good day, great day, best day ever. 
Now, I think we used to sing that in Texas, whether the sun shines or rainy weather. We've added a, some snow conditions in there too. But what I'm saying is it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We're going to see some good days. But look again at what he said our corresponding action is here to our faith. He who would love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips from telling lies. Now, if you go back and you look through these verses, from what I can see and what I can tell, there's about five things just in these couple of verses that if you will put into practice in your life, the Bible promises you that you're going to love this life, that you're going to see good days. And I might add great days and best days ever. But isn't it interesting that the first two out of the five have to do with your mouth? Not many people are thinking that way. They're not realizing that the course their life is taking is being directed by the words that are coming out of their mouths. Now, it shouldn't be a surprise to us as people of faith and people who know the word of God. We know that the scripture says death and life are in the power of the tongue. We also know in the book of James that the Bible says our tongue is like the rudder on a ship. What does that rudder do? Man, it steers that ship. That rudder is what's determining the course that that ship is taking. And that's what your tongue is. It shouldn't be a surprise to you that when you go through this list of things you put into practice, things that determine whether or not you love this life and you see good days, did you notice there's not one thing in there about what somebody else does to you? about what anybody else does for you or doesn't do for you. In other words, we're not, we're not laying the blame. We're not laying the responsibility on anybody else to determine whether or not we love our lives and we see good days. Now I bring this up because this is a total opposite way of thinking than what you're out in day after day after day. There are people that because they don't love their life, they're looking for anybody and everybody else to blame for it. I don't love my life because of what this one didn't do for me. I don't love my life because of the way this one doesn't recognize me, the way this one doesn't provide for me, because this one didn't help me. I'm not seeing good days because of that, what that one did to me. Do you notice none of that is in here? None of it. So we're not going to think that way, are we, church? We're going to realize that our life and the, the ship of our life is not being steered by anybody else. It's not being directed by what's going on in the world. It's not being directed by what's going on with other people. We're going to start by looking at what's coming out of our mouths. And the first thing he says is, if you want to love life and see good days, he said, keep your lips, right? Let him refrain his tongue from evil. Let him refrain his tongue from evil. Now, what is evil? What would evil speaking sound like? Well, look back at what the scripture calls evil. Do you know the Bible, the New Testament, says that a heart of unbelief is evil? That's an evil thing, an evil heart of unbelief. Unbelief coming out of your mouth is an evil thing. Evil's not a word we use a lot anymore. It just means bad, not good. 
That's what it means. I'm going to challenge you, parents and children alike, this school year, put a watch over your mouth and don't let unbelief come out. I said, don't let unbelief come out. If you have a frustrating day or you, you have a challenging day and there's something being taught, there's something being said and it's for whatever reason, it's not sinking in. You're having a hard time understanding it. Don't let unbelief come out of your mouth. Even if you got to go home, young people, listen to me. Even if you got to go home and get in agreement with mom and dad and remind yourself, I have the mind of Christ. He has made me of quick understanding. And even if you got to say it by faith, I understand algebra. And that is a faith statement for a lot of people. I understand what they're teaching me. And meanwhile, your brain's going, no, you don't. We don't get this at all. What do you say? Shut up. You'll get it in a minute. Don't let unbelief come out of your mouth. You say not what you see and not what you feel. You say what you believe. You say what you believe. Amen. And don't wait, don't wait until you see something before you say something. Don't wait until you see good grades before you start saying, I make great grades. You see what I'm telling you? And listen, church, we can apply this all the way up to what you're doing on your job as parents and, and what the Lord's having you do and set your hand to. Don't wait till you see something before you say something. Don't wait till you see prosperity before you start talking prosperity. We don't do that. This is a different way of living. Don't let unbelief come out of your mouth. It's evil. You want to know what else God sees as evil? Complaining. He calls it evil. And it is evil when you realize there's so much to be thankful for. There's so much to be grateful for. So students, kids, grown-ups alike, let's put a watch over our mouths and let no, no um, complaining come out. Let's not let unbelief come out. Let's find something to be thankful for. Why? What's the big deal? You want to love life or not? Okay. Don't check out on me. You want to see good days or not? Yeah, good days. Then he said, refrain your tongue from evil. Don't let unbelief, don't let complaining come out. You know what I want to know what else is evil? Constant criticism. Putting people down. You need to realize that Satan is a minimizer. He's a belittler. He likes to take the good things and the great things that God's doing and make them little in your eyes. Make you think it's insignificant to where you look at your own life and think, man, this is, this isn't, these aren't great miracles. I, I just wish that God would do great things for me. What are you doing? You're minimizing and belittling everything he's, he is doing for you. And the next thing you start doing is doing that to other people, bringing other people down, minimizing their gifts, their abilities, minimizing them. That is the enemy. That is evil. We're called to minister grace to the people that hear us. Grace is what builds up. Grace is what edifies and strengthens and enlarges. Grace ministered to people causes people to, to, to recognize, man, with God in me, nothing is impossible. And you realize they could get that from you, from you. What did he say? Refrain your tongue from this stuff. 
Maybe I think sometimes I'm too literal with some of this stuff, but it, words paint pictures in my mind. Have you ever said or been told, hey, hold your tongue? I feel like I got told that a time or two growing up. Hold your tongue. I think I'm too literal. Does that paint a picture for anybody else? Hold your tongue. Show me what that looks like. Why would, why would somebody say, hold your tongue? Watch this. Because it's really hard to get anything out when you hold your tongue. Hold it. Just before unbelief starts coming out. I think that's cool. I don't know how that is. Before complaining and criticizing and belittling starts coming out, what should you do? That will hold that thing. And you see what I'm saying to you? Grab a hold of it. And that's why David, the psalmist, said it like this Put a watch over my mouth, put a guard over my lips. Don't let anything come out. He said, let the meditation of my heart and the words of my mouth be pleasing in your sight. Your mouth is steering the ship. You want to see some good days? You want to love your life? Watch what's coming out of your mouth. No unbelief. Say it. No unbelief. No complaining. No criticizing. Amen. Now, the next thing he talks about also has to do with your mouth. But notice they're different. He said, refrain your tongue from speaking evil and your lips from telling lies. Of course, telling a lie would be evil. But he, I, I want you to notice that he made them two separate things. The families of this church were called to live a different kind of life. And in this house, we don't tell lies. I said, in this house... We don't tell lies. Children, teenagers, listen to me. You need to make a decision right now in your life that you don't tell lies. That the only thing that comes out of your mouth is the truth. Even if you think it's going to get you in trouble, trust the truth. Trust it. And what did he say would be the result of you telling the truth? Bad days? No. Good days. See, your enemies at work right now trying to convince you that if you tell the truth about that, it's not going to be a good day. But you need to remember what Jesus said. The truth will make you free. And that freedom has to do with both inside and out. When you tell a lie... It binds you up on the inside. When you, when you say something that isn't true, it's like putting you in prison. And I was thinking back just over the last day, actually early this morning. Summer of sophomore year, I think either going into my sophomore or junior year. Um, that year I had a job working for my grandparents at their ministry. I worked in the aviation hangar. So I swept up, I organized tools, I cleaned airplanes, and it was kind of a cool job. One day I was out there on a Saturday, me and a buddy, and we found, this sounds strange, we found a car. We found an old car parked in the grass, and it, it looked like it wasn't very nice, you know, and I do not know to this day, this was so not like me. 
I, I kind of, I lived with the awareness, my mom talks to God and God talks back. There's no point in, tr- in doing bad, wrong stuff because she's going to find out. So to this day, I don't know what made me do this, but me and my buddy come across this car out there, out in the grass, and we just started tearing that thing apart. We threw rocks at it. We found old poles and threw it through the windshield. We just laughed and ha, ha, ha. We just thought, I thought it was trash. I got to work for my summer job the, the following Monday. And some of the mechanics there at the hangar were all talking. I was like, what's going on? And one of them was like, somebody destroyed Bill's car. Somebody threw rocks at it. And I realized what they were talking about was he had bought this car to restore it, fix it up. And I stood there as a sophomore going, oh, wow, that's terrible. And I didn't fess up. I didn't tell the truth. You know, I just kind of swallowed it down and I didn't, I didn't come clean the next day, the next day, the next week, the next month. Actually, a long time went by where I didn't see that man again for years. I think somewhere along the way, he ended up getting a job somewhere else and just never saw him again. Well, one day, years later, I'm a grown man. I'm, I'm out of high school, out of college, all of that. This guy, I see him at the ministry. He'd come to visit. And he was having lunch there with the employees. And I saw him. And it came up in my heart. Go tell him what happened. And I sat down with him and I said, Bill, I got to tell you something, man. Do you remember that day years ago? I was a teenager. I used to work out at the hangar with you. Yeah, I remember all that. I said, remember what you had that car and you came in and it had been totally vandalized? Yeah. I said, man, that was me. I have no idea why I did that. Me and a buddy, I, I don't know. I, it's not like me to do that. And I want you to know I'm so sorry. I'm sorry for doing that. But more than that, I'm sorry for not telling you. Can you forgive me? And he was so kind. He was so gracious, man. It's okay. Thank you for being honest with me. I can't describe to you, even years later, what that did to me on the inside. Set me free. I didn't realize how just carrying around a lie for years what it was doing to me on the inside. I wouldn't have known or connected any dots. Well, this is bad in my life because of that. But sometimes you're not quick enough to make the connection. The truth, no matter what it is or what it's about, it will set you free. And in this house, we don't tell lies. Even if you think, if I'm honest about this, it's gonna get me in trouble. We have let our children know, listen, don't ever lie to us. If we find out you've lied to us, you'll be in more trouble than you would have been if you just came and told us. And we have that kind of relationship now where they'll tell us my heart's bothering me about something. Listen to that. You can trust your heart. And if we'll tell the truth, what's the result gonna be? A life we love and good days. Being honest, being truthful. Thank you, Lord. He goes on and... uh, He talks not just about what's coming out of your mouth. 
He said again, uh, refrain your tongue from evil, your lips from speaking lies. Here's another one. Number three, let him turn away from evil. Let him turn away. Parents, I don't know if you know this or not, but your children do. They are being shown things right now that you and I were not shown in elementary, junior high, and high school. They're being exposed to things that maybe things we saw, but it wasn't until much later. Children, listen to me. No matter how old you are, what grade you're in, where you are in your education, you need to learn how to turn away. When you see something and somebody's showing you something, and your heart tells you, and you know it in a second, I don't need to be seeing that. Because you know that these eyes and these ears are nothing but gates with access to your heart. And when something gets in these eyes and it gets in these ears, it's on its way to your heart. And there are things that you don't want in your heart. Things that are out in this world, things that are a part of everyday life in this world, but it's different in this house. There are things you don't want in your heart. There are things you don't need to be seeing, things you don't need to be hearing. And we need the help of the Holy Spirit to, be, to, to rise up in us and to be quick to help us do what? Turn away. Turn away. Parents, you need to be aware of this. We're hearing reports all the time. The kids of a certain age, and it's a young age, they're bringing their phones to school, their iPads to school. Are there any kids in here that would raise a hand and, and say, yeah, somebody tried to show me something one time at school. Anybody at all that's ever seen anything? I know it's happening. I know it is. We're hearing about it all the time. But our kids, I said our kids in this house, were quick to turn away. When you're seeing something you know does not glorify God, when you're seeing something that you know does not bring him honor and praise, what do you do? Turn just turn your head. That's such a good skill and habit to develop. Just turn. My son and I do this quite a bit. We went on vacation together this year as a family. Went to the beach. I said, all right, buddy, now look. We're headed out to the beach. And not all the women in the world are as classy as your mother and your sister. So when you see something, and your heart tells you, this is not something I need to be looking at. What do we do? Turn. Let's find something else to look at. Look at the sky. Look, look, look how wonderful God is in creation. And you just look up here for the next 10, 20 seconds, and then you can go on. You think I'm kidding you. This is saving your life right now. This is saving you years of heartache and pain, keeping things out of your heart that have no business in your heart. Just because you got used to Turn away. Look another way. Oh, let's look at this. Am I telling the truth, buddy? Did we do this? Yeah. Oh, what's over here? What's, 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 what's down here? Let's, oh, yes. Uh, lovely piece of ground. Whatever. What are you supposed to do? Turn away. Turn away. And if you'll do this, what's going to happen? You're going to love your life. You're going to see what kind of days? Good days. So watch what's coming out of your mouth. Watch what direction your eyes are looking in. What else did he say? Let him turn away from evil and what? Do good. Do good. My grandfather used to tell it to us like this when we were little, when we were young. He'd say, Jeremy, a man of character does what's right. 
and he does it because it's right. And then he does it right. That's character. You do what's right. You do it because it's right. And you do it right. This is, this is part of doing good in your life. This is what we're called to, created to. Let him look away from evil and let him do good. Whatever work you're assigned this year, young people, listen to me. It's worth doing and it's worth doing right. You do it and you do it because it's right. You need no other reason to do anything than because it's the right thing to do. And I promise you this, you will step up to what I call the crossroads of spirit and flesh. Maybe every day of this year. And you're going to have to make a decision. Am I going to yield to my spirit or am I going to yield to my flesh? But if you'll learn to listen to your spirit, he will never lead you to do something that's wrong. Never lead you to do something that's going to hurt you or hurt other people. But will always lead you to do what's right. And will always lead you to do that because it's right. And if you'll listen to him, he'll tell you how to do it right every single time. And you are going to be faced with decisions. Parents, help me out. Am I telling the truth? Grownups, you and I both, we're faced with decisions every single day. And it's always, it comes down to the choice. Do I do what's right? Do I do what's wrong? What motivation do you have to do it? Well, it's because it's the right thing. That's all I need. I do it. I do what's right. I do it because it's right. And then what? Do it right. Anybody ever have a mom or dad tell them anything worth doing is worth doing, right? There's truth to that. Thank you, Lord. So we're watching what's coming out of our mouths, right? Not speaking evil, not telling lies. We're, we're turning away from what we don't want in our hearts. We're doing the right thing. And then let it, he said this, let him seek peace and pursue it. Musicians, you guys come on up. Let him seek peace and pursue it. You want to love your life? You want to see good days? Well, a good life has peace all over it. Seek peace. Seek peace at home. Seek peace at school. Seek peace on the job. This is a part of your calling is to seek it out. Find it. Pursue it. Part of, and this is what came up in my heart about this, part of seeking peace and pursuing it is being quick to repent. Young people, listen to me. You miss it. I've missed it. We all have. Every single one of us. But the difference between growing up in this house and some other house is in this house, we're quick to repent. We are quick to acknowledge, mom, dad, I'm sorry. I missed that. I didn't do what you told me to do. I didn't, I didn't do it the way you told me to do it. And I want you to know I repent and I'm going to get it right. Will you help me? You know what that introduces into the atmosphere of your house? Peace. Adults, we can apply this too, can't we? Be quick to repent. I have learned, and Sarah and I both, in 15 years of marriage, if there's something we're disagreeing about, something we're not seeing eye to eye on, man, I, I figured this out, and I you know, wish I'd figured it out sooner. There's a way to shut the whole thing down. Sorry, babe. I apologize. It's hard to keep fighting with somebody who's apologizing. But that's how you seek peace. Even if you don't think 
Oh, I, I wasn't wrong. I'm not apologizing for nothing. Really? You said it perfectly. Even if your point was right, you said it perfectly. You couldn't have said it any softer. You couldn't have said it any better. You couldn't have picked a better time. There, there's no place in there to find any room to repent. Come on, give me a break. Find something to acknowledge. Man, I could have said that better. I apologize for that tone. I apologize for the way I said that. I apologize. That was not the right time to bring that up. Before she and I got married, I remember reading a book. Um, and it's written to men. And a lot of really good things in it. But one thing that stood out to me more than anything else in that book. The author was talking about the, the fights that he and his wife had been having. And he just, he just knew he was right, man. He just felt like it, you know, like, why can't you see this? Why can't you just see that I'm right about this? And finally it came up on the inside of him. The spirit of God spoke to him and said, would you rather be right or righteous? Would you rather be right or righteous? See, it's quiet because you're thinking, I'll have to think about that a little bit more. People love being right. People love being told, well, you're right. But in the eyes of God, what's better? To be right, to have proven a point, to have driven something home, to have, to have brought somebody into submission? Or is righteousness better? Righteous. This is how we seek peace and pursue it. Let me tell you something. A house full of peace and people in it who are seeking peace, pursuing peace. You want to know what that makes for? A life that you can love. And good day after good day after good day after good day. Amen. Church, I'm declaring it over this school year. Good days are just ahead. Anybody in agreement with me this morning? Set your faith on that and then put corresponding action to it. Got a hold of your tongue. Don't let unbelief come out. Don't let criticism. Don't let complaining come out. Make the decision, I'm not telling a lie. I'm staying on the side of truth because trust is built on truth. Make the decision, I'm going to turn away when I see something I don't want in my heart. Decide right now, this is the corresponding action to my faith. I am seeking peace. I'm pursuing it. I am doing good. I'm going to do what's right. I'm going to do it because it's right. I'm going to do it right. And all these things, the promise on the other side of it is a life you can love and good day after good day after good day. Stand on your feet with me. Sarah, would you come, please? If you've got your young ones there next to you, moms, dads, would you reach over and just put a hand on them? And whether you've got young ones in, in here today or not, we're all going to, as a family, make declaration over them today and over this upcoming year. I'm going to say this, and I want you to repeat it after me, and we're going to say it with some conviction. We're going to say it with some, some faith and some belief in our heart knowing that what we declare out of our mouths, God will honor his word in our mouths. Amen. So say this out loud. Our children, our children are, taught of the Lord. are taught of the Lord. Great is their peace, is their peace. and undisturbed composure. Yes. Our children are blessed, children are blessed. In, everything they set their hand to. in everything they set their hand to. They are blessed when they come in. They are blessed when they go out. They are they are blessed in the classroom, blessed on the playground, blessed on the field, blessed on the court, blessed on the track, 
our children have the favor of God on their lives. They have favor with their teachers. They have favor with their coaches. And favor with all those in authority. God gives his angels charge over our children. To pick them up in their hands. Lest they dash their foot against a stone. We say of the Lord. He is their refuge. Their God. In whom they trust. No weapon formed against our children. Will be able to prosper. Every tongue that rises against them. In judgment. Is condemned. God alone. Makes our children. To dwell in perfect safety. Our children. Are full of the Holy Ghost. Full of power. They are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He has been made unto them. Wisdom. Sanctification. And redemption. Our children. Have the mind of Christ. They are quick. They are sharp. Bright. Good looking. Very rich. And a major blessing. They are anointed to learn. With great ease. They receive. Retain. Recall. And recite information. On a high level. The 2022-23 school year will be a prosperous and blessed year. Our children will be a light in a dark world, lifting up Jesus and drawing all men unto him. By the grace of God, by his leadership, and by the help of his Holy Spirit. Our children will always be in the right place, at the right time, doing the right thing with the right people in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for this today. We speak your blessing over our children. We speak your blessing over our little ones, our young ones. We speak your blessing, Lord, over those in middle school, junior high, high school. Father, we thank you for your hand and anointing that's on our college students this year all that are going back into the world and the realm of education. We thank you, Lord, for your great blessing that is on their lives. And we say in Jesus' name, we ask for this, that you keep a watchful eye on them. We trust you with their lives. Lord, I know there are things going on in this world. It is a crazy world. It is a mixed up world. But I thank you, Father, we're in it, but not of it. And by your grace, we can go through this entire year kept, safe, protected, because your word says you are able to keep what we commit to you, we commit to you their lives, their safety, their health, their protection, their relationships. We say in Jesus' name, they are untouchable by the evil one. Satan, we resist you. We rebuke you. You take your hands off of God's property. These children belong to God. These children are children of the most high God. And Jesus said, let the little children come unto him. Jesus, we bring our young ones before you. We say in Jesus' name that the children of Legacy Church live out the full number of their days in life, 
in health and in peace. And God, we give you all the glory for it. Amen. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Give him praise one more time. We thank you for it, Father. You are awesome. We worship you. Glory to God. Thank you so much for tuning in today. We hope you enjoyed this message. If you need someone to pray with you, there are several ways for you to contact us. Feel free to give us a call at 817-577-0180. You can also contact us through the Legacy Studios app or either of our websites. Giving options are available online at pearsonsministries.com and legacychurch.family. If you prefer, you can also text an offering. Simply text LEGACY in any dollar amount to the number 28950 and follow the prompts. Be blessed today. We love you. And remember, you are always welcome here in the house of faith.